Do you remember your favourite teacher from school? What impact did they have on who you are and what you do today? Mine was probably Mr Graham, my English teacher. He just had a way of making school fun, even when it came to studying Shakespearean language. Or maybe it was my art teacher, Mrs Arif. Kind of felt like a time out during the school week. When, okay, you came to the classroom to learn artistic technique, but at the end of the day, you were not following theory books or figuring out equations. You were just able to pick up a pencil, paintbrush, or even clay, and find your own way to express an internal story or feeling. Maybe I should go back to art class, actually. Anyway, although this podcast series mostly is about technology and satellites, this is an episode about education about how we educate the teachers to become brilliant role models for years to come. Welcome to Satellite Stories. I'm your host, Christina Smith-Meyer. As we continue our journey, learning and listening to the impact that internet connectivity has had in a country like Greenland, today we meet Anders. We discover the difference connectivity can have on education, both in the classroom and online. But also we hear about how this could have had an effect on the internet's role in Greenlandic culture. You see, for many of us, we probably haven't even paused and thought about the steps we've taken to hit play and listen to this podcast episode. Perhaps it comes naturally, just like driving a car or riding a bike. For some remote communities and settlements in Greenland, Things like checking your email, having a Zoom call, or watching a TV program on demand are like reading a foreign language. So how do you go about educating a hungry younger generation of new teachers and moving the culture forwards technologically? That's something that Anders can share with us. First, he takes us to where he works, one of the oldest buildings in Nuuk. A capital city steeped in heritage. My name is uh, Anders Øgaard. We are at the Teachers College in Nuuk, where I work as a teacher in pedagogy and uh, history. Uh, I do research in uh, how to utilize or how to make distance teaching work with school children in Greenland and in Denmark as well. What you're seeing in uh, this classroom is students working with technology and trying to understand how technology can be used as a teacher. It's a new thing for us to try to incorporate uh, technology understanding uh, in the teacher's college and um, or in the teacher education. So this is a kind of pilot project to help us with this subject, to, to get started with this subject. Distance teaching has of course been a possibility which has got a lot of attention for years, uh, but it shows out that it is, it's, it's more difficult to, to integrate into the educational system than you think. And I think it's because what I see is that for a long time, 
it has been um, understood as a technical thing. It's about technology. Distance teaching is about technology. It's about um, IT or computers and uh, iPads and whatever. And if you if you if you uh, try to work with it like technology, you miss the important part. And that's what I'm looking at. Um, if you can, in in a distance teaching setup, try to, to to focus on the teaching and the pedagogy and the learning. Try to find out if you if you find something which is different. The question is: Is distance teaching another way of teaching? Does it change the learning? Can you just give me a brief overview of the role that internet plays in this long distance learning and how it benefits these remote or potentially remote villages and towns all across Greenland? Yeah, in Nuuk, where we are now, the internet is just fine and works without any problems. At least not, it's not more problematic than in any other European city. But when you get to the outskirts or to the east coast, it's something else. Uh, they have internet, but they haven't learned to use it, or they they are not used to use internet in the way that we use it. That causes that you don't get the habits of using internet. I think it's problematic because there's a lot of learning and there's a lot of developing habits and developing solutions in an organization and uh, in life generally, which they um, don't get at the East Coast, for instance. I took the challenge of bringing distance teaching to the school in Greenland, East Greenland, where the teacher was in the city and the pupils were in a, a village and the pupils were ready. Uh, they had iPads and the teacher in the village was ready to support them. But it all broke down because the internet wasn't not at all close to work with this. And what happened was that it ended up as just materials that the normal teacher in the village could use. It wasn't like the, t the pupils uh, had a feeling that the teacher in the city was their teacher. It, it was uh, disconnected. Then uh, another solution was to take the iPads and put them into helicopters, you know, a helico use the helicopter, um, what do you call it, connection to the village. And I thought that it might be possible to, to get some kind of traffic with these iPads. So uh, the pupils had the iPads and worked on them and made assignments or asked questions. And then we could put the iPads into the helicopter and then the helicopter could fly to the distance teacher and then there could be some traffic that way. Uh, without using internet, because it wasn't good enough at all. So let's imagine that we're in a world where the internet is improved. What kind of opportunities will the students have there? For the pupils uh, in East Greenland, in Dasilak, uh, better internet will be part of providing a better school for them. There's a lack of competence development and a lack of uh, skills which a lot of Greenlanders haven't gained. Um, so the situation is that when the internet is more stable around the country, a lot of Greenlanders have to make a step, you know, they have to step over a lot of steps. There might be a, a tough learning curve, uh, 
to 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 join. But internet at the east coast is pivotal, I would say, for this part of Greenland to remain as a part of the country. I would almost say that in time, the east coast would become a museum if you don't get better connections. What I experienced with this case study in math at the east coast was pupils ready to learn, but totally unconnected with the development that children in other parts of the world go through. So I would say that the pupils, they are waiting. <laughs> They're sitting and waiting and uh, missing a lot of learning in their life as long as the internet is not ready for the schools. If we should imagine East Greenland as a developed part of the whole country, I would say that uh, you need to have more possibilities for learning. And on the other side, if they get internet and they are lucky to get a, a, a teachers who we have educated as uh, creative in using technology, these pupils might, you know, get connected to the world and get connected to develop those skills, you know, be part of a generation, some music and uh, culture from America and from Europe and movies and uh, Netflix and whatever. This connectivity is much more than just learning some skills or some knowledge. It's not just about teaching in the school, it's about being connected to the development in the rest of the country, in the rest of the world, actually. Our thanks to Anders for his time between lectures. On reflection, his words really hit home for me. He made me see how connectivity solutions that can come from things like SES's partnership with TUSAS allow remote communities to take huge strides forward. But there is still so much work to do. So today, I wonder whether you, like me, can be mindful of every piece of technology we use today. For every text message we receive from a loved one, to not being overwhelmed with our email inbox and appreciate the education and the opportunities being connected offers us that we even have a connection. Perhaps in years to come, I'll revisit Anders and his graduates. But today I'll allow myself to be fascinated with the internet and all my technology connections as if it were the first time I'd ever used them. Maybe I'll even reach out to Mr. Graham or Mrs. Arif to tell them thanks. You guys were brilliant teachers. Next time on Satellite Stories, we head out to sea with an Arctic marine pilot. Have you ever wondered how cargo ships avoid hitting the icebergs? Well, Sean is your man. We'll hear how better connection means he can better serve his captains, something which is a lifeline when dealing with Arctic waters. Do follow our series to make sure you're notified the moment the next episode is released. And for more about what we do, visit ses.com.